This is Free Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves in this, the very first edition of the show for 2010, or I guess 2010, as apparently it's supposed to be called. I'm not sure who makes these decisions, but uh, that's one of the headlines at FARC.com today. It's uh, 2010. So uh, welcome, and we're here to take your calls tonight about whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it is Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And all the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And last night, uh, we launched the brand new Free Talk Live 2.0 website. And uh, there were some problems. I mean, it's, that's what happens when you throw the switch on something that's brand new. And we've been ironing out some bugs. And if you spot some bugs, you're welcome to report them over at bugs.freetalklive.com. Uh, but otherwise, enjoy the brand new site, which actually allows you to get far more interactive with uh, other Free Talk Live listeners. Actually submit things like uh, news articles and uh, questions and essays and rants or whatever it is you want to. Uh, I think people are just kind of getting a feel for uh, for the site, especially as we iron out some of the bugs. But should be in a better working condition now than it was last night. So head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the new uh, 2.0 website. Uh, by the way, uh, you can take control of the airwaves here at 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Did uh, I already do that? Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> That's why we're confused. Okay. Uh, I would like to talk about this 2010 thing. Yeah. I, I think that might be right um, because, you know, you said 1985. You didn't say 1,985. Yeah. So... 2010 doesn't fit that sort of uh, that, that 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 same mold that uh, the way of speaking. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess if you want to stick with the way lot, things were said, a lot less syllables and it just kind of rolls right off the tongue that way. 2010. 2010 yeah. versus 2000. 2010. You don't have to put the end in there. Though. <laughs> 2010. 2010. Yeah, I guess it's a little less. All right. So uh, you can bring up anything here as we will start things out with a story that. It has to do with a, a few different issues, I suppose. Uh, one of them being an older person getting into a relationship with a younger person. Another being people meeting on the Internet. And a third being the obsession that some people have with online massively multiplayer games. And so these, they all come together in this story from the Globe and Mail at theglobeandmail.com. On Tuesday evening, 16-year-old Andrew Kane nonchalantly asked his mother and father if they would drive him from their Barrie, Ontario home to a hotel in nearby Midland, where he'd planned to meet a 42-year-old woman with whom he had been having a secret relationship over the Internet. His stunned parents refused, and the teen calmly returned to the computer, telling them that he would let the woman know he wasn't coming. At 2 a.m., Marlene Kane heard her front door open and found her son gone, leaving behind a troubling trail of web chats that led to Houston, Texas, and the world of Warcraft. The grade 11 student was found Thursday afternoon after his parents spent two days desperately appealing for his safe return. On Wednesday, police had released pictures of Lori Price, a Texas mother of four who had allegedly flown to Toronto, then driven a rental car to collect the teen after striking up a relationship with him while playing the popular online game. All they had to do was read the chat logs and they were immediately concerned, Ms. Kane said of her son's relationship with the woman. He said she was his soulmate. Sergeant Robert Allen of the Barry Police said the couple was found Thursday afternoon at a future shop in Orilla after a trip, a tip rather, from the public. The teenager had told Ms. Price that he was 20. The age of consent in Canada is 16, and police say she will not face criminal charges because he's 16. 
She'll be making her way home, he said. Sergeant Allen said neither the teen or Ms. Price expressed any remorse. After his parents rebuffed his request to spend the rest of the holidays with Ms. Price, Andrew left the house taking only the laptop computer that he had received as a Christmas gift and leaving a note for his parents justifying his decision. I don't know how to explain it to you, but this will show you not only the commitment we have to each other, but also that your fears of her are ill-found, he wrote. Like I said, she offered to meet with you. I got in the way of that. What person would do me harm? Uh, what person who would do me harm would be willing to meet with you? Ms. Kane learned of her son's strange relationship more than a year ago when What's she... What's strange about it? Well, I guess that uh, they met on the internet and he's 16 and she's 42. Okay. Some people might think that's strange. Well, it's not uh, It's not entirely normal, but internet relationships are becoming very, are, are becoming rather common. Um, I mean, certainly there's a stretch in age here, but... Well, a lot of people would be outraged if, uh, I mean, I, would your response be the same if it were a male and a 16-year-old female, uh, a 42-year-old you know, male? There's always that. You know, that's always mixed up in there. Um, the, the younger girl has, it has, has a higher commodity, quite honestly. I mean, you know, there's, there's a reason that Playboy puts 18-year-old uh, to 21-year-old girls in Playboy. There's a higher commodity there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's that, that's sort of mixed up, but... But would your response have been different? I mean, would it would it have been more likely that uh, the 42-year-old man would have been taking advantage of a 16-year-old uh, female versus a 42-year-old woman taking th- advantage of a 16-year-old uh, male? If you believe that one would be taking advantage of the other. I think that uh, at 16 years old, person has the, the, the capacity to make that decision. So what about the I mean what about the whole soulmate thing? I mean is it possible that uh, that's the case or who the hell am I to say who this puppy kid's love soulmate is? I'm pretty doubtful of that. Yeah. Right, I, you know I I I, I, I spit on your soulmate, but I, <laughs> they I, both know, love World of Warcraft. That's, and, and you know that's hard to find, right? Um, you know millions of online players or whatever. I you know the, the, their soulmatehood. I am not the one to say whether or not they they are soulmates. I I, I certainly am skeptical of anyone who uh, claims that. Uh, yeah. You know, that they have found their soulmate. But Billion, God bless them. Good billi- luck. Billions of people on this earth, and you, there's got to be more than just one person out there for each one of us. Yeah. You know, I, anybody who has a problem with this, I would uh, return them to Loretta Lynn's relationship with her Was husband. she 13 at Yeah, the time? something like that. The coal miner's daughter married <laughs> off at a re- rather young age with, uh, you know, her sweetheart who was, I think, 21 or something like that. So... I guess this lady lucked out because the young man here is 16, not 15. If he'd been 15, there might have been some problems. Sure, there would have been a whole different. Uh, it would have been a whole different world of uh, of hurt. But then again, that's only for age of consent. There's no one. Uh, I don't know if it's suggested here that they had sex with one another. Although you know maybe they did. Um, but if he hadn't had sex with her and he was 15, then I presume it would be completely legal for him to be with her. It's not like she kidnapped him. No. He ran away from his parents' home in order to, to spend some time with her. There's more about the story here. Ms. Kane learned of her son's strange relationship more than a year ago when she stumbled upon an MSN chat log between the two. The family keeps its computer in a common area where it can be shared with his sisters, but the teen was apparently unaware that the computer kept a log of his chats, and Ms. Kane read in horror as her son discussed meeting his much older girlfriend face-to-face and engaged in overt sexual discussions. So maybe they did have sex. Ms. Price's Facebook page reveals a middle-aged woman with a large collection of friends, many made online, and a degree from Texas A&M granted in 1988, before Andrew was even born.
Police told Andrew's family she'd apparently struck up a romantic relation or had apparently struck up romantic relationships on World of Warcraft forums before, but never with a minor. Sergeant Allen of the Barry Police said the force had contacted Texas authorities about the woman, but didn't know if she had a criminal record. They didn't issue an Amber Alert because the teen didn't seem to be in any immediate danger. Ms. Kane said she'd cons- uh, considered contacting the police after learning about the relationship, but was satisfied by Andrew's assurances that he wouldn't share any personal information with the woman. Until this week, Ms. Kane and her husband had not heard anything about Ms. Price for more than eight months. So, so um, she caught him a long time ago. Here's here's the lesson, parents. the The lesson in prohibition here is is uh, you know this this kid's. In love, you know, say what you want about the situation. He's in love with this 42-year-old woman, um, this this Aggie from uh, Texas, um, a cougar. Well, she's a cougar and an Aggie. I what's guess. An, what's an Aggie? A, 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 Texas A&M is where she's from. Oh, that's a college thing. Yeah, cougar uh, meaning a woman who uh, likes younger men. I, I prowls guess. for younger yeah, men. Prowls, yeah, prowls. So she, um, you know, they they denied this kid his uh, ability to see this woman. Yeah, he didn't. He, not another word was spoken about it. He just went about doing whatever it was he was doing, and they were cut off from that portion of his life. Maybe he figured out how to turn the chat logging off after that point, because mm-hmm. that's how mom caught him. Presumably, she that's how he figured out that mom knew was through the chat logs, and so maybe that's maybe he wiped his trail uh, at that point, was being a little more cautious for eight months. But didn't they have the chat log um, to, to find them? Later, isn't it? Maybe they early, did. I'm not sure. In the story, that's 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Have you ever engaged in a, I guess, video game-based relationship? Has this ever, anything like this ever happened to you? I mean, not necessarily with the age disparity, but have you ever met somebody that you fell in love with on a video game? More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Candy. For inspiring ideas for your next celebration, be sure to visit us at CelebrationCorner.com. You don't have to wait for a holiday to plan a festive meal. Celebrate anytime with a fun menu or creative theme. Invite friends for a roll-your-own sushi dinner. Or surprise your family with a birthday cake when it's nobody's birthday. Fun is the name of the game, so make up a special reason of your own. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features free. So enjoy those. And those features include our live streams, which uh, should be up and running A-OK with our brand-new website. Uh, You can go uh, to listen.freetalklive.com. Supposedly, I th- yeah, I think that's working now. Listen.freetalklive.com and enjoy the new features there uh, for free. So, and if you find a, a bug, head over to bugs.freetalklive.com and report that there. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime, right here in New Hampshire with hundreds and soon thousands of like-minded, liberty-oriented people who have all moved here. Uh, well, some were here to begin with, but most of them have moved here in order to get active for liberty. It's a wonderful movement, and highly recommend you go to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. That's freestateproject.org. We're talking about a case out of Canada where 16-year-old Andrew Kane disappeared one day after asking his parents if he could get a ride from them to a nearby hotel where he had planned to meet with a 42-year-old woman 
with whom that he'd been uh, talking to and chatting with about all kinds of things, especially sexy things, uh, over the Internet. Parents said, no, we're not going to take you there. So he just decided to leave. I guess uh, the woman rented a car at that point, came down and picked him up. Uh, so he zipped she out was already house. in the hotel. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I'm surprised right. you even bothered asking. You know, like that sounds like a situation that's that's a a friend, a cab or she rents a car situation to me. (laughs) He did, though. uh, I mean, I guess to his credit. Right. Yeah. That he uh, he asked about that. But but he hadn't mentioned her for months. It was earlier months, about eight months earlier that his mom was, I guess, digging through chat logs, as I'm sure many mothers do uh, digging through chat logs. She discovered the existence of the woman back then and I guess uh, confronted him about it. He then never said anything further after assuring her that he would not share any personal information with the woman. Then eight months later, during the Christmas holiday, she, she you know, she shows up. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Disappearance is the latest installment of the family battle over World of Warcraft, an online multiplayer swords and sorcery game. For more than a year, Ms. Kane said her son had played the game every waking hour and has rarely attended school because of the addiction. Do you know anyone like that? I've heard uh, that World of Warcraft is, in fact, online crack. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I've, I, uh, a friend of mine told me a story about a friend of his, and I can only believe it. I mean, he just made it seem so so very believable, this story. Like the dog's crapping on the floor. Oh, jeez. Uh, like he hasn't <laughs> wow. bathed in, in, in a week. You know, dishes are piling up. You know, the man's, the man's down to skin and bones. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a friend. I'd be over at his house, and all of a sudden he'd, he'd want to go play some of that, and Everything else would get put on hold. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go in a minute. You know, just let me get some of these battles in. Oh no! So while you were there, <laughs> yeah, I'd be there, to... and I just have to hang out and watch, watch him. him play. Right, and you know, it's okay sometimes. Is it live to watch. action? I yeah. mean, like so you can see you go and kill beasties, oh, yeah. right, and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you see other people buy swords and yeah, trade yeah. things, yeah. and then raid a random village. I've it, never played it personally. I, I, I seen some footage maybe of it being played but i used to have a friend that played everquest which is another one of the massive uh, massively what they're called massively multiplayer online role-playing games where i I don't know what the similarities are but it's yet another kind of medieval uh world with lots of monsters and and weapons and things like that and i guess it's so uh so intricate and so uh people are so into it that they actually will sell their accounts. They'll they'll uh, make an account and mm-hmm. they'll they'll I guess get a bunch of weapons and level it up uh, to a fairly high level, and then they'll go and they'll sell it on eBay or something like that. Or they have their own little uh, world in which they can trade things. They can sell in-game weapons. You can sell in-game weapons to another person for real money yes. in the real world. And the IRS will take real taxes on that. Is that right? Real income. Yes. Really? Yeah, I've, we we read a story about that several years ago. Well, uh, so so it's, they are fairly popular games, and most of them, as I understand it, they're actually paying to play. So they're in the they're actually paying a, a monthly fee to do this. Well, so I, no wonder they want to get as many hours in per month. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, I'd heard a story that apparently Domino's or Pizza Hut or somebody one of the pizza delivery major national delivery chains actually has made it so you can order pizza from within <laughs> the game, so you don't actually have to stop playing World of Warcraft. Uh, I don't you know, know how you do eat. it. Yeah, well, well, I just wondered, do they actually provide a service where you can leave the front door unlocked and the uh, the, the delivery guy will come in with the pizza, come over <laughs> to your computer table, open the box up for you? That way you don't actually have to get up. 
I mean, because well, it's not about getting up. It's it's because you can't pause the game like you could a regular video game yeah, to right. do what you have to do. I mean, there's there there are millions or hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands of people who are playing at that given time. You can't just go pause right. and walk away. I mean, your character stands there stupefied in the middle of a of a huge battle. Uh, you know, mm. you're dead. Elves and barbarians come and decapitate right. you while you're do terrible things to you. Oh yeah, you're taking the time to answer the door. Yep. So it's do you? Do, so so I mean, the first question I'd asked was if anybody had ever had, um, I guess, created a relationship through one of these games. Maybe too specific. Have you been hooked? Have you been addicted to World of Warcraft or EverQuest or one of the other uh, massively multiplayer online role-playing games? I can see how it could be. I mean, I've certainly had video games that I've thought about during the day. I'd like to get back home and play that. I've mm-hmm. got to get there and do that. Certainly. I mean, I've been. These re- also have the social aspect too, and that draws people in. Yep. Oh yeah. So it's not only that you're going to, uh, you know, get get your le- your character leveled up or go after, a, you know, the bastard sword or whatever it is your uh, your your next goal is. There's but, a hot elven chick in there for you too. Right, there's, too yeah. there's also people in there that uh, that you can spend time chatting with and and socializing with. So she's probably, uh, you know, uh, run by some fat guy in uh, in in Poughkeepsie, but well, in this case, this really was a woman. Uh, yes. Probably didn't look as good as her character in the game. But nonetheless, who does one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one? That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up anything, but would love to hear from you if you've, especially if you've had experience with the the world of online massively multiplayer games. They kind of came out uh, as far as the I guess it was EverQuest was like the real big one that, it's that really been around hit five first. years. It's been around for I think more than uh, okay. more than five years. But you know they they came out after I'd I'd become an adult, so luckily I guess I never really had the chance to uh, to get hooked on them. Not to say that adults don't play these too. I'm sure they're very very popular uh, amongst adults. But I've been uh, I've been working too much, and I, I'm I guess I'm too cheap probably to you know to pay ten bucks a month or whatever the the cost is. For I can't dedicate like that. the time. It looks like it requires a great deal a lot of dedication of time. time, and I cannot yeah. dedicate the time. Nope. Yeah, I like where you can save your game yep, and then pause it and come not, back. Not have it, not play for two weeks while you do other things that are more productive, and then come back to it. And you just—that's just not an option here. So, what what is your experience? What has it been? Let me continue though. With There's a little more of the story. Uh, according to this, he has played the game every waking air, uh, every waking hour, and has rarely attended school because of I the love addiction. this part. Like they're so controlling, they don't want him to go, um, you know, meet up with this woman, but they can't get his butt to school. <laughs> his parents took his computer away for four weeks last year and put him into a counseling program, but after a month, Andrew's psychologist suggested his computer privileges be reinstated as a reward for the progress he'd made. <laughs> his You're mom- doing good on this Alcoholics Anonymous. Here, have some uh, gin. Yeah. <laughs> Ms. Kane, well, he got his, I guess he's gotten his paycheck and was satisfied. I don't know. Ms. Hmm. Kane said, uh, we thought he was managing it well, but eventually he was back to his old habits. It turned out to be not so great advice. But Andrew's safe return on Thursday was still a happy ending. In 2008, 15-year-old Brandon Crisp ran away from his Barry home after having his Xbox confiscated. He died after falling out of a tree and was found three weeks later by hunters. There's a little bit more here. 800-259-9231. But we'd love to hear your stories about online video game addiction if you have them. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, those are, oh, by the way, include our updates. You can go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list free, and you'll find out what's going on with the show when you uh, when it happens you'll be the first to know at updates.freetalklive.com if you're thinking about starting a business here's a word to the wise incorporate at legalzoom.com incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out legalzoom.com is fast and easy they do all kinds of legal documents patents wills trademarks llc's living wills living trusts use code ftl to save ten dollars off your order it's legalzoom.com code ftl all right, uh, toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Talking about Internet relationships to some extent, also in this specific case, uh, stories out of Canada where a 16-year-old teenager has met up with a 42-year-old woman after having a secret online relationship. The woman uh, came up from Texas, flew up from Texas. His parents had no idea about it until he broke the news to them, uh, basically asking them to drive him to her hotel room <laughs> so they could hang out over the Christmas holiday. And, uh, he, you know, he believes that she's his soulmate and the parents didn't believe him. And, and we they all didn't know care. what soulmates do. Yeah. yeah, the parents didn't care, so uh, he just decided to run away from home uh, at that point. And I guess she came, picked him up, they spent some time together, the police found him, and they brought him back to his parents. She has not been charged with anything because he is of the age of consent there in Canada, which is 16 across the uh, the entire country. And she didn't drag him across any borders, which would probably have been a problem. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, that would have been a problem. You're right. Uh, there is some sort of there is some sort of federal, I think, crime wherein if you bring somebody back for the no, I think if you go to another country for the purpose of having sex with somebody who's under the age of consent in the state in which you live, I believe that's actually a federal crime, from my understanding. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if the feds are going to charge you with anything, or who knows what'll what'll become of all. Seems this. like it's hard, a little hard to enforce. It would. It, it would be very unless hard. You get, unless you get a, a know, national, national news article. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but but he is not the only one. I mean, his parents say that he was on this game every waking hour. The game is the World of Warcraft, and it's uh, you've heard that it's crack. It's like crack. Some people call EverQuest ever crack. But on the other hand, I remember we read a story a while back about EverQuest. Where there was this family that played EverQuest on a regular basis. All of the family, I guess mm-hmm. mom, dad, kids, they all had their own EverQuest accounts and they would uh, play EverQuest for family fun, basically. And they claimed that it was good for them. They claimed that uh, that it was helping their family. That I think it, this must have been a day that I was gone. <laughs> they, I was years ago. Uh, they claimed that the, uh, the the family that slays together stays together. Precisely. <laughs> precisely. Zing. They 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 basically claimed that it, it gave them something to uh, relate to one another on. I mean, I mean, you know, when you're a teenager, you don't really want to hang out with your parents. Your parents, but you don't mind <laughs> hanging out with their uh, their hot avat- elfin avatar and uh, EverQuest. <laughs> I guess well, it gives you it gives you something to connect with the teen uh, your teenagers on, and they claimed that it worked for them. So maybe they were doing it in moderation. Uh, maybe they weren't on it all the time. I mean, it gave them something to talk about over the dinner table, for instance, rather than the usual "How was school, yeah. son?" Oh, my, my father and I used to play a board game uh, back when I was a kid, and uh, 
you know, we used to love it every summer. I looked forward to it, actually. Board games are great. I mean, yeah. that's... Well, uh, it was a very intricate, it was like a war strategy game, and it took weeks to play What was it called? It. A Fortress Europa. It's a World War II board game. Okay. Yeah. So very, very uh, dedicated. Oh, weeks? yeah, yeah. The rule book is like, you know, an inch thick, and... It took weeks? It takes weeks to play this game, yeah. So, uh, so I, I think that this maybe that's just kind of the natural extension of families that played board games together today. Some of them are playing video games together, which I think they, you know, I think that's pretty cool. It's just when you get to the point of you're not eating and you're not, as you were saying, taking the dog out uh, <laughs> to go to the bathroom or cleaning the house or, or doing these things, or you're yeah, you're not showering. Uh, then there's a, there's a problem. Yeah. So you know, uh, today I decided I was going to spend the day. Uh, there just wasn't much to do. You know, it's snow, snowing all day outside, and can't really call sales clients. Yeah, today. You can't do it. I can't work um, in my normal capacity, and you know, I probably could have found something to do as far as a little fix-it job, but. Wife's down in Florida, so I decided I'm going to spend all day Drinking. playing video games. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Close. And I'm just not interested in drinking and getting a hangover and all that right. other stuff. Um, so I, you know, played a video game all day. So what, I, what I know what it's today? like. Uh, Burnout Three. Burnout. That's a racing game, right? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, but you know, I know what it's like to not want to get up and do whatever it is you're going to do. I didn't eat lunch until like one thirty or two. I, I found out I didn't have to work today. I went home right right back to bed. <laughs> there you go. Fifteen-year-old uh, Brandon Crisp ran away from his Barry home after having his Xbox confiscated. He died after falling out of a tree found three weeks later by hunters. According to his parents, Brandon was addicted to the video game Call of Duty Four: Modern Warfare. They took away his game console, and when Brandon threatened to run away, his father helped him pack his knapsack, assuming he would return. <laughs> Man, that's got to feel terrible. Earlier that year, police rescued a 16-year-old autistic girl from California who was abducted by a man she had met playing World of Warcraft. David Fabo uh, drove... 38 years old. Drove from Oregon to meet the autistic girl. Autistic girl? I mean, everybody's autistic these days, right? Apparently. Uh, but she's, I'm, I'm reasonably certain you are. She sent a text message to friends soon after telling them she'd made a mistake and asked for help. And I'm sure there are no end to stories about teenagers and others that are just spending a whole lot of their free time uh, doing things like this. And if you've got a story you want to share with us, feel free at 800-259-9231. Otherwise, in other uh, tech-related news, and then we'll, we'll actually get to the, these bloggers that were threatened with uh, subpoenas from the, T, uh, from the TSA. But in other tech-related news, uh, according to Threat Level over at Wired.com, hackers have released an application designed to thwart a Microsoft package forensic toolkit used by law enforcement agencies to examine a, sus- a suspect's hard drive during a raid. So the uh, the hacker community striking back at the agents of coercion here. The hacker tool dubbed, dubbed DCAF is designed to counteract the computer online forensic evidence extractor, also known as coffee. coffee. <laughs> the latter is a suite of 150 bundled off-the-shelf forensic tools that run a script Microsoft com- uh, combined the program run from a script. Microsoft combined the programs into a portable tool that can be used by law enforcement agents in the field before they bring a computer back to their forensic lab. The script runs on a USB stick that agents plug into the machine. The tools scan files and gather information about activities performed on the machine, such as when or uh, where the user surfed on the internet or what files were downloaded. 
Someone submitted the coffee suite to the whistleblower site Cryptome last month, prompting Microsoft lawyers to issue a takedown notice to the site. The tool was being... Just, <laughs> like the hackers are going to care about that, right? <laughs> it's so funny. Takedown notice. You hackers stop doing this and cracking our... So- Every time we come out with something, you crack it. You got to stop. I mean, what the heck? You know, this doesn't work. <laughs> This week, two unnamed hackers released Decaf, an application that monitors a computer for any signs that coffee is operating on the machine. According to the register, the program deletes temporary files or processes associated with coffee, erases all coffee logs, disables USB drives, and contaminates or spoofs a variety of MAC addresses to muddy forensic tracks. The hackers say that later releases of the program will allow computer owners to remotely lock down their machine once they detect that it has fallen into law enforcement hands. The hackers, however, have not released source code for the program, which would make it easy for anyone to see if the program contains malware that might also harm a computer or allow the attackers to take control of it. And according to the story, the developers of Decaf have taken issue with threat level referring to them as hackers. They say this in an anonymous email, quote, we're just two developers who support free flow of information and privacy. You could say we're just average Joes. So there you have it. Uh, I don't think I'll be running that on my computer necessarily. And I don't think it's really going to protect you from anything. If they take your computer and jack your hard drive out of it, this particular software isn't going to do anything for you. So if the police obviously get wind this exists, it's making national news, maybe they'll just start taking computers rather than running their diagnostic software on them before they take them. Yep. Not going to stop them. Yeah. So they'll just take your computer, take the hard drive out of it, and then just plug their your hard drive into their computer. They won't boot from it, so none of your software will load, and you will not be protected. More coming up here. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Luther. And Mark. Uh, And you need to know about something. Mark, tell us about whatever that is. (laughs) He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Tad Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series is complete. You can read it for free at peaceprosper.com and help Ben Woods construct Catalixia at peaceprosper.com. All right, toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. Continuing on our tech theme here for the hour, Luther, you've got a story about the TSA coming down hard on a couple of bloggers, which... They apparently have pulled out now uh, their demands, but nonetheless, that doesn't make what they did any less outrageous. Oh, no, not at all. Uh, this comes from uh, Wired.com. Uh, title is TSA Withdraws Subpoenas Against Bloggers. Uh, in the wake of public outcry against the Transportation Security Administration for serving su- civil subpoenas on two bloggers, the government agency has canceled the legal action and apologized for the strong, strong-arm tactics agents used. How that about even, that? That doesn't even sound right. Well, I, I just They're before we, before yeah before we go on here, I have to say I'm pretty shocked about that that they are well number one withdrawing and number two apologizing about it. Normally you don't normally when you're in the government it means you don't have to say you're sorry for all of the uh, the awful things that you do to people. But yeah. in this case, there really must have been quite a bit of uh, of outrage and 
Well, it's nice to see that happen, though I imagine it'll only be a matter of time before it happens. Something similar happens again. Absolutely, especially from the TSA. I mean, they're just notorious for being really, really fascist. Yeah, this was pretty shocking to me, what happened yeah. here. Go ahead. So, travel writer and photographer Stephen Frischling, I believe that's how it said, uh, who was served with a subpoena by two TSA agents on Tuesday, told Threat Level that he uh, received a phone call Thursday evening from John Drennan, John Drennan, Deputy Chief Counsel for the Enforcement at TSA, telling him that the administration was withdrawing this, its subpoena. Frischling uh, was told was, was told the TSA would no longer be pursuing the investigation into how he received the security directive that he had published on his blog, Flying with Fish, on December 27th. The administration told the Associated Press that that its investigation was nearing a successful conclusion and the subpoenas are no longer in effect. Frischling, who writes another blog for KLM Dutch Royal Airlines, says Drennan apologized to him when he learned that the two TSA agents who visited him had threatened him or had threatened to get him fired from his KLM contract if he didn't provide them with the information about an anonymous source who sent him the security directive. Wow. Yeah, um, they they were you know going after his livelihood there. From from what I understand, they were actually at his house uh, for about three hours. Wow. And they apparently forced him to hand over his laptop computer to them. Was this in a foreign country? No, right here no, in the United States. No, this is here. And okay. yeah, this article talks about uh, how the condition his computer was in when they got it back. Um, oh, but I'll, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go on. Um, he was a bit taken aback when I was telling him about the heavy tactics that were going on to use uh, uh, to use to s- sever my contract with KLM. Frischling says. My gosh, I can't believe my agents would behave in such a manner. I'll what, be sure what, to give them a good talking to. <laughs> a stern talking yeah. to. Yeah. Um, Drennan also promised to make sure the administration resolved issues that Frischling had, had, has been having with his laptop ever since the agent seized it to image the hard drive. Uh, Frischling says the laptop was returned to him with tons and tons of bad sectors and a corrupt operating system. Yeah, and I I doubt they apologized for that. Uh, the audio on his computer was also stopped working. (laughs) Why would you want their help at this point, right? (laughs) I mean, uh, no, thanks, but no thanks. You can cut me a check and I'll send my hard drive to some experts, but I'm certainly not going to send it back to you. Absolutely. And a red light glows uh, from the audio jack. Um, I can essentially use the computer, but I don't know for how long, he says. Uh, Whoever did There's this... a red light coming out of his audio jack? That doesn't <laughs> yeah, sound good. Yeah, red light's not usually good. Uh, he, he continues, Whoever did this thing did it fast and dirty and not to my benefit. A second blogger who has also served a subpoena on Tuesday, Christopher Elliott, I'm sure that's not related to the actor, uh, was also told his subpoena was being withdrawn. Elliot had refused to cooperate with the agent who served him the subpoena and had indicated... Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. The the TSA that he would be challenging the subpoena in a federal court next week. Oh, wow. So he didn't... So that's great because when I was reading that this guy had had his laptop taken, I just thought, well, they wouldn't have been able to take your laptop if you hadn't let him in your house. Yeah. I mean, they were in his house questioning him for three hours and then came back the next morning, I guess, and took his laptop from him. Yeah. So one guy got rolled over uh, just hard by the TSA, and the other guy refused to talk to him. Yeah, stood up right. for himself. Less, um, had a lot less trouble. And, and you've got to kind of imagine that once the doors open, there's not much you can do. If two TSA agents Your front are, door, you mean? Right. Okay. Um, yeah. once, uh, one, if the TSA agents are in your house and they say... Okay, we're going to take your laptop now. 
How do you stop them? You can't throw throw yourself on the laptop, I suppose. But I mean, at that point, they feel like they you know they they have the right to use force. Yeah, they'll just pick you right up. Right. So uh, you know, it's an entirely different scenario if the doors shut and you're talking to them through the peephole or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a whole different scenario. Um, they you know what are they going to do? Bang the door down? Yeah, they will if they have a warrant. But if they don't. They got no business coming Typically in. Typically, they don't. Uh, what they'll, the government people usually will do is use their tactics of intimidation on you. They yeah. would much rather just come to your door and be intimidating to you and use the the training that we all have received over the years of watching Hollywood movies and cops and things like that, which show always consistently people opening the door for the police, letting them in, helpfully answering any question that they're asked, and so they uh, they play on that, and they know that most people are going to be pushovers. Yeah. And right. If you gonna... want to talk to them, if you're dying to talk to these people, and I understand, I'm, I'm a curious guy too, just set up a meeting at your lawyer's office. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the hey, t- excuse, excuse me, officer, can ahead. I have your telephone number? I'll <laughs> call you and we can meet at my lawyer's office. That'll scare him away. That's like <laughs> yeah, rage sure will. to him. Mm. Ah, what? <laughs> no, they're, they're Crap, this guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> so it continues. Uh, the TSE... TSA issued a security directive after a would-be terrorist tried to ignite a bomb on an airplane on December 25th. The directive sent to airports and airlines around the world temporarily revised uh, screening procedures and put new restrictions on passengers (laughs) in the wake of an attempt to the so-called underwear bomber. So this document was pretty much just, you know, new ways, new new method of patting people down, essentially, and searching them. It's not terribly... Which everybody found out. I mean, they would find out anyway. I mean, yeah. The, the terrorists, if the terrorists are as half as resourceful as the government people would like us They'd to believe. They'd fly somebody just across the country, you know, just to see what the security screenings are like now. They could do it that way. Or alternately, they could have somebody on the inside at the TSA. I mean, how hard is that? Yeah. This is a huge agency with probably thousands upon thousands of employees what you don't think the t- the uh, the terrorists could get a, a sympathizer in there to feed him all the the documentation that he sent? Come on, <laughs> wouldn't be that hard. Uh, Is there more to the story? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. There's like a little bit more. Uh, the document, which was not classified, okay, uh, was posted by numerous bloggers. Information uh, from it was also published by some airline websites. Uh, strange how they weren't uh, confronted by the TSA over there. Well, they've got lawyers. <laughs> Frischling said the two agents who visited him arrived around 7 p.m. Tuesday, were armed and threatened him with a criminal search warrant if he didn't provide the name of his source. They also can, indicated they could get him uh, designated a security risk, which would make it difficult for him to travel and do his job. Oh, man. Oh, nice. They're yeah. throwing him on the uh, the no-fly list or the, the watch list or whatever. Yeah. Uh, can you imagine? I mean, it's, it's, this is the this is the way they throw their weight around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, how how would your life be limited if you were just put on the watch list or the no fly list? And every if time you had you, to travel, right, every time awful. you had to fly, yeah. you could either not fly or you had to go through secondary screening Being every time. Question too, yeah, I think real real problem. Oh yeah. Uh, Toll free number here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Thanks. Uh, they came to the door and immediately were asking. Who gave you this document? Uh, why did you publish this document? And I don't think you know how uh, how much trouble you're in. <laughs> I don't think you know how much trouble you're in, son. It was very much a hardball tactic, uh, he told Threat Level. The agent searched through Frischling's BlackBerry and iPhone and questioned him on a number Jeez. of phone numbers and messages in his device. The agents then tried to Who's image... this? <laughs> what, what, what is this? Who, uh, who are you dialing? Who are you I calling here? called my grandma last week. 
awful. It's just awful. <laughs> the agents then said tried- this guy not only let him in the house, he gave him the BlackBerry, the laptop. Everything. Yeah, he just yeah. handed over everything, uh, and they took full advantage of it. That's what they do. Yep. Uh, the agents then tried to image his hard drive, but were unable to do so. Fishling said the keyboard on his laptop was no longer working after the agents tried to copy his files. The agents left, but returned Wednesday morning and, with Frischling's consent, seized his laptop. With his consent. Yep. The whole thing was done with his consent. And it was done based on a threat. It was done under duress. I mean, he did. Uh, they did tell him that we're going to put you on the no-fly list and we're going to get a warrant. And so he was scared by that. And really, you just if you're in a situation like that, there is no way you can benefit by letting the federal agents come in and take your stuff and and detain you and, and question you. Better off to just not even answer the door or once you find out it's them, don't talk to them. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and we are launching into the second hour of the New Year's Day program. We're here live taking your calls about absolutely anything, if you make them, at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features on the site totally free. And it's brand new, which means that we're going to have to iron out some bugs. So if you find any, go to bugs.freetalklive.com and report them. Otherwise, go to freetalklive.com and enjoy the new features on the website. Uh, the major new function is that the whole site has changed from kind of a we tell you what's important perspective to a you tell us what's important perspective in that the old site was focused around eh, letting you get access to the archives, but the main page content was essentially news about Free Talk Live. Now the main page content is news about whatever you put there because you can submit different stories and things like that. So head on over freetalklive.com. As we uh, start things out here with a story out of, uh, I guess, Washington State, the AFP reporting that residents of the U.S. Capitol may have to dig a little deeper into their pockets when they go grocery shopping once the city slaps a five-cent levy on each plastic bag issued at the checkout line. Is it levy or levy? Levy. Okay, levy. I'm going to go for levy. How's that? Uh, the measure, which takes effect on January 1st, that's today, and is the first such initiative in the United States, seeks to make uh, – although it's, this has been proposed before, I'm surprised this is actually the first one to, uh, to make it through. It seeks to make cons- uh, consumers bear the brunt of cleaning up uh, cleanup costs for the bags, which currently are dispensed for free with a customer's purchases. Plastic bags, while popular with shoppers, often end up clinging to tree branches, tangled in power lines, polluting rivers, and clogging up storm drains. You know, maybe it's because I've just never lived in an urban area. I mean, Sarasota, Florida is where I come from. It's fairly populated, with 300,000 people living in the county. But, I mean, that's nothing compared to uh, major urban areas. So I've just never seen this. I've, I've never seen I've certainly this. seen plastic bags blowing around on the, uh, on, the, on the highways and byways. I mean, yeah, I've never seen them be this much of a nuisance, though. Right. I mean, they make it sound like they're everywhere. 
Right. And uh, one one has I mean, you know, what about cigarette butts? What about, uh, you know, every well, they're other already taxing those cigarette butts? Yeah. Well, I mean, t- taxing cigarettes, cigarettes in general. But I don't know that the municipalities generally are maybe maybe this is Washington, Washington state. D.C. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. It is the U.S. Capitol. Handle that. Uh, get get your story right for you. Thanks. Um, the, I'm glad someone's paying attention. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, you municipalities could very well put a tax on cigarette butts or whatever, but there's lots of different, th- lots of things get thrown. What about cups from uh, from fast food restaurants? All these things. I bet you New York City's got a cigarette tax. I, I know they do. Right. So, so there already are in some places taxing some places. cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so plastic bags, they claim, are clogging up all kinds of things and uh, being thrown everywhere. Mayor Adrian Fenty said in a statement last month that I signed this law in July to cut down on the disposable bags that foul our waterways. He says that one particularly urban waterway, the city's Anacostia River, has been particularly fouled, befouled, actually did use the word particularly twice in a sentence there, by the plastic shopping bags. He says our research shows that plastic bags are a major component of the trash in the river. By taking disposable bags out of production and out of the waste stream, everyone who goes to the store can help keep the waters clean. So, um, you know, we at my house, we do have some bags that we um, will take to the grocery store at times. The reusable bags? Yeah, the the sort of uh, fabric ones. We've gotten them from all, all these darn conventions that you and I go to. Oh, okay. They give us they give us all kinds of, of bags. Um, yeah. And and they're good for grocery bags. And we've used them in the past, but we've found that we like to have the plastic bags because they're good for a few things. They're good for picking up dog uh, excrement in the yard, and they're sure. good for uh, you know scooping the kitty litter and and things like that. So it's nice to have some of these bags sometimes. I yeah. like using them to line my trash cans. Yeah, they're great yeah, for the little I waste have paper bags. Stashed under my sink, I use them all the time for every. Thing, really. Well, now you you can still use them if you live in Washington D.C. You'll you just, just have, have to, to pay. pay for them. How much is it? A quarter or a nickel? Uh, five cents, I believe. And and you're not paying for them. You're just paying a tax on them. You know. I mean, these these That's aren't true. going to the grocery store. You're right. Store. <laughs> the grocery store is still covering the cost. I mean, you're paying for them when you buy the the uh, the groceries. The, that's one of the costs of doing business in the same way that you pay for the bathrooms to be cleaned and the lights to be on. Yeah, I heard them uh, use the term free, and it always rankles me because nothing's free. Whoever told you it was free is lying to you. There's a little more detail here. They say that uh, under the new law, city businesses that sell food or alcohol must charge customers five cents for every disposable paper or plastic carryout bag. The law also requires these bags be recyclable and carry a message encouraging recycling. To prepare for the change, the city government has distributed. So, if you you put your customers' bags and something that I mean stuff in in a bag that isn't plastic or paper, then you can get away with this. What what else would it be? Oh, made I have out no of? idea. I'm just asking. I guess yeah yeah, yeah. paper or plastic you, will be taxed. Can, can I send them out with a box? A cardboard box? Well, they have little. It's not a they, bag. They have little uh, sort of like what a Happy Meal is. Imagine something slightly little, bigger, little tote thing. like a yeah, like a little uh, tote put together thing. I thought they put Happy Meals in bags. They do now. I don't know. I'm just saying. But it used to be like a little thin cardboard. Little house. Yeah. Well, to prepare for the change, the city government has distributed some 122,000 reusable shopping bags to elderly and low-income residents who complain their limited spending power will be furthered, uh, further hampered by what was that? the levy. They're they've, gonna... they've sent 122,000 reusable shopping bags <laughs> to elderly and uh, low-income residents. I wonder if those are going to end up on the city streets and befouling the waterways. <laughs> <laughs> the measure is apparently opposed by the American Chemistry Council, which says standard-issue plastic bags already are reusable and work just fine. 
Most major grocery and retail chains currently offer programs that allow for shoppers to bring back plastic bags and all sorts of product wraps for recycling, said the group in a statement earlier this year, which it called the new levy uh, misguided and unnecessary. So toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. I th- you know, I, I don't know much about Washington, D.C., but it's my understanding that it's, it's awful. A, right. It's a very high crime, um, low income place is, is is the way I understand Washington, D.C. Now, I've seen it and it's, uh, you know, it seems pretty We've been there clean. a couple times. Yeah, I've been there a few times um, myself um, without you. And but I mean, isn't this a tax on the poorest Americans? Once again, you know, by the. Well, I mean, everyone has to buy groceries. Un- understood, but Washington D.C. is a low-income place. Mm-hmm. So the people that choose to, the, the, most most people that work in Washington D.C. live outside of it. So they don't do their grocery shopping there. So this is yet another one of the mm. Democrats passing laws on, uh, you know, to tax the lowest-income people. Oh, don't worry, Mark. They gave out 122,000 reusable shopping bags to low-income residents. Swell. So now you can have your very own government-issued shopping bags if you live in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's, it's probably a piece of crap. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but they, they, you know, the grocery stores for years now, as the American Chemistry Council points out, not only do they have the plastic bag recycling campaigns where you can bring your bags back in and they'll you know, give you a credit on your next grocery bill or something like that. I've never heard of that. Uh, I, I've seen those before. I've seen the recycling, but I didn't know that you got some kind of... I don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But uh, I, I, I think I've seen that before. Uh, if you know better, please clarify. Maybe you work at a grocery store and you can uh, clue us in as to what it's like. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But I've seen the grocery store selling the uh, their brand their own, very own branded greeny shopping bags yes. for years now. I mean, they're they're already encouraging people to uh, to make this change on a on a voluntary basis to switch but this over. Is classic politician stuff. People aren't making the decisions that we want them to make, so we must force them to make those decisions. Whether it's catalytic converters or whatever it is, you know that they, they'll they'll use the environment every time. Yeah, so I wonder how this is. Uh, I wonder what, how this is going to change people's behavior, or if it will change people's behavior. Because I mean, it's not like it's with cigarettes, where the cigarette uh, smokers are just going to keep smoking no matter what. Most cigarette smokers, I think, will just keep smoking if the government increases taxes on a pack of cigarettes. No, I think that the, I think that they. I think you find that people quit. Um, you know, a certain amount of people quit if they raise the taxes. And uh, I think, well, I th- obviously there's a certain amount that will quit, but I say most cigarette smokers yeah, most will, continue, yeah. uh, will continue with their habit and they'll just, they'll find a way to pay for it. Uh, but as far as people with plastic bags, there's not really a habit involved there. There's the, there's the inconvenience of having to bring your own bags to the grocery store. That's, and, you know, and that's, buy plastic bags for your garbage cans and waste paper baskets and, uh, you know, picking up kitty litter and all the other stuff yeah. you do at the grocery. You have to buy the bag. You have to buy bags. Because <laughs> if I'm going to pick up waste, uh, you know, have a, if I'm going to purchase a bag, I'm not going to purchase the grocery store bags. No. I'm going to purchase a better bag. So therefore, you, you now... You, you're, you're putting thicker, uh, more right. industrious plastic out there to be thrown away. Same. So it's actually going to create more, perhaps, more knows? waste. It, it, presuming everybody does what the government's intending to do, and that is makes the switch. More coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, and they include our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo. You can see it over at freetalklive.com, the Shrine of Female listeners. Actually, we also accept validated videos, and some cool changes, I think, are coming to the Shrine. I'm not sure if they've been implemented yet we've got all kinds of uh, new features on our website it's been redesigned from the ground up and uh, we're in bug squashing mode right now but it's mostly working so enjoy over at freetalklive.com bug squashing sounds so appetizing it's fun let me tell you yeah critical thinking question why would something that's so good for us like public education need to be imposed on us with the use of force and funded by the use of force maybe something else is going on school sucks podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more. That's schoolsucksproject.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. Uh, Change gears for a moment away from news stories to uh, phone calls. Actually, not live calls. Uh, we, I, I guess people are recovering from hangovers tonight. I, I don't know, but uh, not a lot of calls. Tonight. Our lines are open at 800-259-9231. Luckily, we have the soapbox that we can turn to. My and, goodness, are we using that? I'd, I've forgotten about it. Yeah, I, you know, it's all my fault. I, I, not that I'd forgotten about it. Bad it's host. just that I, I, yeah, I just hadn't spent the time to, uh, you know, to to play through them because you got to listen to them all to make sure somebody doesn't drop the f bomb in the middle of their call, uh, for instance. And so I've got some soapbox entries here. For those that don't know, you can call our soapbox any old time, day or night. It's 603-722-0267, 603-722-0267, and you can leave a message up to three minutes in length. It can be about, well, just like when you call Free Talk Live, it can be about anything you wanted to. So it could be, for instance, you ranting about something. It could be you giving your opinion on an issue. You could ask questions, whatever you want to do. So we've got a few of them here we're going to share with you, and I don't even remember which one this this one is, so I guess we'll just play it. Hey, guys, I was just listening to a uh, podcast from earlier. I'm not sure the date, maybe the 14th or something like that, uh, December 14th. But anyway... uh, I heard something that I, uh, uh, Mark say that is one of my pet peeves, and that is, uh, Ian was, uh, discussing Wikipedia and the fact that he had con- uh, contributed to Wikipedia voluntarily because he, uh, well, I assume he enjoys the site. He uses it a lot. I know he indicates he does on the, uh, on the show. And, uh, Mark, uh, had indicated that he feels a little guilty about not contributing to Wikipedia because he also uses it a lot, and, but, but then he stated the following. Because I can't afford to, or I think Ian stated, well, because you can't afford to, and Mark agreed, um, which uh, is uh, the reason for my call. When people say I can't do this, I can't do that, and particularly when they say they can't afford something, of course you can afford to contribute, Mark. You choose how you spend your money. You choose not to spend your money on that. It's not that you can't afford to spend the money. You choose not to. It's like you choose not to smoke cigars anymore. You can afford to smoke cigars. You choose not to spend your money in that fashion. And I may choose not to contribute to the AND program, but I would never say I can't afford to contribute to the AND program. I make a decent wage. My wife and I have a decent income, and uh, we can afford to do a lot of things that we choose not to do. But uh, I think utilizing the term can't afford to is overused, uh, and that's my uh, soapbox for today. Thank you. Mark, it was directed toward uh, toward you. Enlightening. I, you know, what can I say? I 
you know, ch- choose not to uh, contribute to Wikipedia. I suppose he's right. I, I think that it means the same thing, though. I mean, you know, well, can't no. afford, choose not to. Uh, well, yeah. I I disagree with his call because, and it was, I think I did say that you couldn't afford to. And I don't know exactly what your your finances are. You just are, love but... to, to point out that uh, you, you're a miser and that you've hoarded all your money and all that other <laughs> well, stuff. I, mean, I didn't go and build my own house from scratch and go over in, in costs. You built your own home and you went over in what you were expecting to spend and it put you in a real bad way. I think that I think that the way I understood his call uh, there was that he sounds like he presumes that you are doing well for yourself and you're not doing badly uh, necessarily, but you're in debt. And when you're in debt, there are things that you sure you're choosing money. Everybody's uh, cho- in debt, though. I mean, you know, like the, the whole nation. Well, I'm not in debt. Okay, ninety something percent of America's in some level of debt. If you, Luther, are you in debt? I, I am in debt you a are. little bit, but I'm working through it. So what I wanted to say about that was that when you have tough financial situation, uh, you can't afford to do certain things. It's not necessarily <laughs> that you're not choosing in that particular case. Sure, you could choose to get further into debt and give money to to Wikipedia in that case, but I don't know if that's the best choice to, for somebody. It's not the most financially intelligent thing to do. So I think the right, term a, can't afford is completely not to because it's a poor choice at this time. You know? Because you can't, aff- you should not be uh, right, and I would say that means you can't afford that. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Like it's if a, you had it's a, a pet peeve, um, sharing one's pet peeves generally is not, uh, you know, it, it's generally not a good way to, uh, to 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 build relationships. You know, I mean, it's I don't know. I, I admittedly I have these these pet peeves too, but I kind of keep them to myself. One thing I hate. Now listen, listen how nitpicky this is. I hate it when say um, when somebody says you're breaking up. Like you you talk about uh, you're on the cell phone, you're yeah. breaking up. No, no, I'm not doing crap. Okay, the phone line is breaking up. Why are you blaming it on me? <laughs> I think that the suggestion there is that your side of the conversation is becoming unlistenable. Uh, right, but who? Why are you blaming it on me? Well, I don't know if they're blaming you. The, the, I think they're just it, identifying. Then why are you saying that, that you're breaking you. up? See, would it, would it what upset you to say phone? I can't hear you? I can't. I'm having trouble hearing you. Is that upsetting too, or is it just? No, it, right. It's the blame. I think it's just an expression. I, I agree. Right. Yeah. So that's but, why I don't say it. You're right. That you're you're giving an example why you don't talk right. about these. I things. I don't oh, share okay. this because it's okay. a stupid, nit, nasty, nitpicky <laughs> thing to like say. Sounds like a jerk. Right. <laughs> but look, I'm not breaking up. The phone line's breaking <laughs> up. It could very well be your stinking phone, jerk. Don't say I'm breaking up. See, that's I mean, that's how I feel when somebody says that. But I don't share it because, well, it's a pet. Peeve. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. okay. It's a soapbox. So. I got enough pet peeves. I can start a little peeve zoo. <laughs> well, if you if you want to share a, your pet peeve on the soapbox, you're certainly welcome to. And I and, thank and, I thank him for doing that because I thought I thought it was worth pointing out because I disagree with him. If you are as he said he is making a decent income, then you've got disposable income most likely. And then using the term I can't afford it doesn't really make much sense. I think the chances are very good that guy's carrying debt on his home too, um, just like all of us are. And I think that, you, I mean, you you sit in a very weird little prism. How many people are 28 years old and own their own home? Darn few, dude. And to sit there on a high horse and say, you can't afford it. <laughs> I mean, it's it, that, that, there's my pet peeve. Shut up. <laughs> Quit sharing my p- private financial information with everybody on the damn radio.
Well, I mean, you don't want people to think that you're rolling in dough, do you? Because you're not. It would be, un- it would be untrue. Right. But I a think lot that of people. I think, I, think, that I, sh- I think people have an illusion about radio that is that because we're entertaining, you know, this is an entertainment program that therefore we must be getting compensated, uh, you know, ex- explicitly well. And I think when I, I share that I drive a '93 Dodge Shadow with peeling yeah. paint, that I'm probably getting that message across. And I don't know what year your Tercel is out there, but uh, it's it, a Corolla, yeah. whatever it is, it, well, it isn't exactly riding in style, you know. Yeah, and that's not necessarily the best indicator because I drive a brand new 09 Toyota Matrix. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, of us, probably you're the, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I hate to say it, but in the least uh, good shape financially. You don't have your own home or anything oh, like yeah, that. And you're a young man, you know. Oh, yeah. The toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Whether you want to share your pet peeves with us or anything goes, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Talk live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. Oh, and Luther. <laughs> and Mark. He's new at this. Um, and by the way, you're doing a great job, Luther. Oh, Good thanks. to have you here again. 800 259 9231. He's just saying that. I know. <laughs> That's because I gave him a hard time last time. <laughs> yeah, let's go to the phones uh, and the fun. I believe we have Rich on the line in California. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how are you guys? Happy New Year. Well, uh, doing great, and Happy New Year to you. What's on your mind? Uh, I just, well, I saw, I listened over the internet, and I saw, like, the website changed. I haven't listened for a while, and I saw the website change. I like the new look of the website. Well, thank you. I didn't know if you did that for the start of the new year. Yes, we did. We uh, we kicked it off, actually, a few hours before the new year last night, uh, and it's been going fairly well. There was a major server malfunction today, so we've got definitely still some bugs to iron out, no doubt about that, and, and certainly some people are upset uh, particularly over on the uh, the bulletin board system, uh, free talk they're, they're pretty good at being upset over there. <laughs> they're they're well practiced at yeah. it, that's for sure. Uh, but but nonetheless, we are uh, we're working out some of the bugs, and I understand why people on the BBS were upset because it was a big change from the default theme that we had had. Now the new BBS theme matches the uh, the website. I think it brings theme. up a, a good point um, that. You know, the, it, perhaps on the BBS there should be different colors that people can choose from. Yes. Um, I think we probably didn't even think of that possibility. At the same time, um, I think it was thought of, but I don't think it had been implemented, and that was that was the thing. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, you know, one thing that the BBS hasn't been doing up at this point is essentially, um, you know, there's there, the ads. Um, you know, they, they, <laughs> there were thirty thousand views on the BBS each month, and Free Talk Live wasn't able to enterprise on those. Um, yeah, apparently the complaints uh, on the BBS are more about the colors and not the ads. Yeah. So they just didn't like the uh, the new color scheme. And I know that our designer is working on getting an alternative one up there. In the meantime, we've enabled it so that you can switch back to some of the old themes uh, that you can use if the, if the new theme is hurting your eyes, as apparently it is for us. Uh, yeah, it looks people. pretty good. And I think if somebody you know heard you guys for the first time and heard you ranting or something and checked it out on the Internet, it looks a little more credible. Well, thank you for that, and we're finally using uh, we're actually using our own website now for show prep tonight. We uh, we pulled the story about the the hackers 
right off the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. And one of the things that I don't think anyone has done yet is actually submitted some sort of a, a rant or, or an essay or, or a set of questions because kind of it's intended to replace the uh, the email address, the show email address as well. Um, so right, right now it's more news story-ish, news, newsy-oriented, and who knows which direction the listeners will take it because it's really up to, uh, to you guys what shows up there on that front page. You can vote things up and vote things down and uh, hopefully have a good time with it. So what else was on your mind tonight? Um, I, you know, I was calling when I was holding it. I, it's, my mind, I started thinking about what show market said he had got his water out of a spring on his property. Yes. Like, uh, would you have? Is it off grid property? What's that mean, off grid? You build like a spring box, or do you have like a pump? There's a well, and I have a pump. Is it solar pump or is it like electric pump? It's an electric pump. What else can you tell okay. us about it, Mark? I, filtration system. It's got yeah, uh, yeah. There's I'm buying an off-grid property, like, and by the week it got flagged and stuff, surveyed and everything. I got to pump water out of a stream. Okay. I, it, oh. <laughs> all I can tell you is you got to run a tube into the spring and then put a pump on it and it'll pump it out. Great. Yeah. You if go. you have storage, like you got a big storage tank, you pump into that. Yeah, you've got to have uh, there's this, this blue tank that has some kind of diaphragm in it that gives gives you water pressure. How often do you have to change out the filters yeah. and stuff like that? Um, the, the filter every three months. Oh, it's not so bad. Yeah. Smart you got calendar. these cool pumps, like if you have a stream that flows downhill, it's called a, a water ram, and you can set it up and, like, it can move, like, they're, they're like, don't use any power. Like, yeah. Take it from the stream. In this, cool. in this case, um, that w- I would have had to build my house in a different place in order to do that. There was an already existing, uh, well, wanted to use that, and, and so, um, I could have either dug a different well, um, which nobody digs wells anymore. You drill them. So oh, okay, right. Um, you know, would you've actually dug the well as opposed to drilled it. What do you mean? You were just correcting your your terminology. I mean, can't no. I, I what would I have done if I would have put another one in? I would have drilled it. You'd have drilled it. But that I cost? already had a few, one. Few thousand bucks. A few thousand dollars. Yeah. And if they hit ledge, oh. you're screwed. Yeah, and well, you're up here in New Hampshire, the Granite State, right? I mean, right. there's a good chance they're not going to go straight down without hitting something. Yeah, or hit salt water even too. Very good. Doesn't seem likely where I am. Not around these parts. Uh, <laughs> but the neighbor told me his horror story. The next door neighbor told me his horror story about drilling and hitting ledge. So I was a little it scared you off. Yeah. So what else do you want to share what tonight? Do you guys anything? Have for New Year's resolutions. Ooh, I, I don't. New Year's resolutions. I don't do any of that. Uh, I don't think that just because uh, the dates change that you really now you need to start getting on top of things and changing things in your life that you want to. I mean, you have the whole year to be doing that, and that's what I do. That's interesting. That was the same position that I think Dale uh, took on the show last night, or that was taken on the show last night. Which I like that position. That's good. But I'm, I also I also think there's something to be said for making an effort to think about things you can change. Like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, it's the new year. What else can I do? Yeah, yeah. I have uh, goals, and I they're on my BlackBerry, and I look at them every now and then and see how far I've come so far, and I update them if I think of something new. But... That's important. Most people don't do that. Most most people, I, th- I think, if you have written down, or in this case, blackberried goals, uh, you are probably in the top ninety percent of people. As far as people, just they may have some general idea of what they might want to accomplish in their life, yeah. But they've never actually written it down. Yeah, I have mine broken down uh, in uh, five year increments. Uh, oh wow, you're really planning out. Uh, That's good. I, really, only I have up until. Uh, I'm 30 that it's uh, really dense and has a lot of goals in there. And then beyond that, it might be vague. Like that's know, fantastic. Buy a house, retire, move to South Pacific. So Ian owns a house. <laughs> yes, sir. And then like, don't you fear like not paying taxes when you own a house? 
Well, if I was scared, what well, I, I sure as hell would. If, if I started paying, I didn't pay for a long, long time. And well, then, I pay taxes I on the house. house. I pay the property. I pay the local gang. I just don't pay the federal gang. Yeah. So, yeah, they could steal my stuff. Nervous. Sure. I, I understand yeah. why people are scared, and I don't blame them for being scared. But if I was scared, I'd pay, t- I'd pay the taxes. So, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You know, I can't get on the air and talk about not paying uh, taxes and pay taxes. So, you know, you got to... You gotta walk the walk, right? Talk. Well, walk I the I talk. think that um, to some, maybe I don't know that that's necessarily true. You got to do whatever you got to do, but um, the listeners really have it a lot easier when it comes to not paying income tax than you do. The fact is, um, they, they don't have a radio show to advertise. Right, it? that's really the reason. I mean, you're, the chances of getting audited are like one percent or something like that. It's very the mm. chances are very slim that if you don't, choose not to pay taxes, they're going to come after you. It's actually um, your chances of being audited are higher than the chances of them coming after you if you don't file. So the chances of them coming after you if you do file are higher than if they come after you if you don't. However, if you happen to be a celebrity or wealthy, they will um, – they're much more likely to come after you. Which I'm neither. I mean I'm not really a celebrity well, and I'm you're certainly a celebrity, not wealthy. You're a celebrity <laughs> in the sense that you're out there talking to hundreds of thousands of people telling them not to pay taxes. That yeah. puts you right firmly in, in the crosshairs. Yeah. I suspect they've um, you know they, they, they've thought about coming after you. I don't know why they haven't. I'm glad they haven't. I, I'm I glad they haven't too. I mean I don't want them to. Uh, but if they do, then it'll probably be some great publicity for Free Talk Live. And, and you'll be able to you know really capitalize on that, Mark, while I'm in jail. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll have to send you your cut or something. <laughs> well, you have to use some of it to, uh, to pay somebody to do all the tech stuff because you sure as hell can't handle that. Yeah, I really probably should learn how to do some of that stuff, but I hate new things. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't learn that <laughs> stuff. I mean, you probably could if you actually wanted to, but you've never really had the drive. So. I really don't have the drive, yeah. no. You'll, you'll probably feel like paying someone to do it for you. Yes. Uh, so, And that's presuming something happens, and hopefully it, it won't. Uh, hopefully we can get well, a bunch of people point, up here. At this point, it's not like, it's not like there's a bunch to have paid. Let's get know? a bunch of people up here to New Hampshire, have them all stop paying taxes, declare ourselves independent, and secede from the United States. That'll solve that problem for everyone, which I think would be great. Yeah. You want to talk about an increase in your standard of living? No more income tax. Yeah. Absolutely. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. We'll do some more Soapbox audio coming up here in a few moments. Uh, Somebody's got some comments on the upcoming 2010 census. Oh, yes, it is that time where the federal government will send bureaucrats around to every front door in America, and they'll threaten you. So let's talk about it coming up here in moments. 800-259-9231. What are you going to do about the census? I mean, we're talking about not paying taxes. How about taking that as your first step into civil disobedience and don't take the census? What are they going to do? Throw everybody in jail? It's Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, inviting you to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. The features, uh, by the way, include our chat room. You can go to chat.freetalklive.com, get interactive with a whole bunch of listeners, people in there right now during the show and sometimes afterwards for a little while, chat.freetalklive.com. FreeTalkLive.com, and of course, it is completely free. Mark, tell me about uh, where somebody can go get some great deals on gold and silver. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. We have uh, some coins that I've picked out over there, and in conjunction with Midas Resources, you can 
buy them there, have them shipped right to your house so that you can hold in your hand the gold and silver that you're using as a hedge against inflation or, you know, an investment or barter currency or whatever it is that you want to have it for. And, you know, I've been buying it from gold.freetalklive.com, too, because, you know, the the economy doesn't look so great. The dollar doesn't look so great. Uh, If you're feeling the way I'm feeling, you know, maybe you want to pick up some uh, precious metals in order to to stave off uh, disaster. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com. We even have a layaway plan for those of you who don't have uh, much money to invest. You can do it on a weekly or biweekly or monthly basis or whatever. You can uh, lay away 20, 25 coins because the shipping's the same on one as it is for 20. And in that case, you'd call 877-857-9938. 877-857-9938. That's gold.freetalklive.com. We continue here. We'll take your calls about anything. Also, going to play some more soapboxes here. Uh, you can dial into the soapbox at 603-722-0267. The, the, the best time to do those is when you can't, for whatever reason, call the show. Obviously, we will take live callers first and foremost over any kind of emails or, or soapboxes or anything like that. But it's there for you if you want to use it. Uh, maybe you get maybe you get inspired at 4 in the morning and you want to talk about something to Free Talk Live. The soapbox is the way to do it. But it doesn't guarantee it'll get on the air. Whereas if you call during the live show, that's pretty much a guarantee you're going to get on the air. So let's go back to the soapbox. Here's one about the census you are defining terrorism and terrorism is someone who uses terror or something that invokes terror in somebody to come to what they want to have you do so how about when you open up the door and there's a census worker standing there and they want you to fill up the census and you say what will you do to me if i don't fill up the census they explain to you uh the rules and regulations just hand them a little note card that has the word terrorist written on with the definition, shut the door, give them a little something to think about. I recognize most uh, census workers, they're just like us, trying to work every single day, trying to make the bills, but they're just working for a horrible, horrible corporation. And uh, if you can call the government a corporation, okay. corporations tend to have to work for their money, the government. Well, yeah, anyway. So, yeah, I think that would be a little pro- form of protest you want to do right from the door of your own home and just... Just make not filling out the census that much better. Thanks a lot, guys. Keep up the good work. I, I don't imagine that the, uh, the the census workers would think too much of someone handing them a card that says terrorist. It probably would be a little confusing to them. I, if it has a definition on it, you know, okay, first, yeah, you, that, first you ask them what the penalty is for not uh, doing whatever it is, and then you put the definition of terrorist and right. the person who uh, gets what they want through use of uh, you know threats, coercion, and terror. I see. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever it takes, uh, whether you want to have uh, the, the cards to hand out to people as they, they come up or have a video camera ready to bust out and start asking questions, that uh, that would probably throw them off their game. Uh, what else? Uh, what else? You can say that I'll, I'll uh, answer your census questions when, um, you know, the, uh, when the government starts following the Constitution. <laughs> Kablam. <laughs> right, because they might try to claim that, uh, well, you're, you know, you're, the Constitution uh, says you have, to, do you have to answer the census. Sorry. Yeah, there's a lot of other things that uh, they don't hold up their end of the bargain. Right. The government doesn't follow its own laws, doesn't follow its own constitution. I don't think I'm going to be answering these census questions today. Goodbye. Right. Beyond that, uh, and, and I think that's a completely valid position, but beyond that, it's not even a bargain because they didn't make a deal. There was never an, <laughs> a, an agreement in the first place. My signature doesn't appear on the constitution, and likely neither does theirs. Nope. So a number of the government bureaucrats have sworn an oath to uphold the Constitution, but clearly that's meaningless. Yeah, 
Right. They're not upholding it. So <laughs> what do you do with that? So there is going to be an opportunity here for a lot of people in this country within, and I don't know when it starts, but I guess it goes on all year long or... I hear it's a constant. Yeah, I don't know how... Rolling census. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I guess they have this alternative, I forget what it's called, the American Community Survey, I think is what it is, that goes on in non-census years. But the actual real deal every 10-year census happens, uh, well, every 10 years, and it's... I remember the, the the news story last year was that they were checking people's houses with GPS. Yeah, they came to, and did that to my door. They came wow. up to your door. Yeah, which you know is nowhere near the road. No. Yeah, they had to. They drove back back where no one can see what's going on. And uh, what do they uh, do if you have a no trespassing sign up? They just come up anyway. I We're do, the federal probably. government. Oh, I wonder what they're going to do at my place. If they're going to go to every apartment individually, or just go to, up to my landlord and ask how many tenants he has. I think they're going to want to go to every apartment because they've got more than just that. You know, you know yeah, they've got, well, they've got a yeah. whole form with well, all kinds of questions. Fortunately for me, I work the hours that bureaucrats do, so I won't be home. You won't ever be there. <laughs> well, they'll leave They'll leave you something. Yeah, I think – do, do they actually come and visit every house and drop the census off, or do they, do they have the postal service drop the census off at every house and then follow up? I think that might be the way it's done – is if they uh, they essentially ship a census to every home, follow up later with those people that don't uh, that don't for whatever reason send it in. I think I, I, I imagine you know they do all kinds do. of different things. Yeah, maybe you know more than I do. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But either way, there's going to be a great opportunity uh, for folks to refuse to obey in a you know a fairly fairly small but still personally significant way i mean for people that have never done non-cooperation before i don't know if this counts as civil disobedience it's not really like a you know it's not a promoted event it's not announced in advance necessarily but it certainly counts as uh, as non-cooperation and i i think it's a fairly good one because they're not really going to do anything to you. I mean, they're going to threaten you. They're going to say that, well, you might face up to five years in prison or a $500,000 <laughs> fine. Or what are you whatever. in for? Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't answer their census questions <laughs> fast enough. You know, they, they asked me some questions and I didn't answer them fast enough. I mean, what? Because, I mean, if they're actually dragging you off in handcuffs, maybe that's the time to answer their questions. But before that... Come on! Uh, what kind of questions do they have on the census now? Well, um, they they have a long form and a short form. Essentially, the short form, you know, asks you a, a bunch of intrusive questions. The long form asks you so many intrusive questions. It's it's, it's frightening. So, have you ever actually seen these uh, questions? Mark? I know I was I was asked by a census worker a series of questions back in 2000. They actually a- ask you them in person. They came to the door, and um, for whatever reason, I was you know I, either I was working a job that had evening hours or whatever, and I answered the door and. Answer their huh. little questions. Well, I didn't realize they uh, were that personal with it. I thought they just sent you the damn census. You uh, should have corrected her, me. I think if if you don't mail it in, they'll come to your door. Uh, ah, okay, okay, maybe that is the case. Well, we'll we'll see if we can dig up some more information. Maybe you know at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But they are going to threaten you. They are going to suggest that there will be some sort of penalty. But I I think it was Bile over at blogabile dot com that actually refused to take the uh, the census, or I guess it's the American Community Survey. But the same threats are present with that. You know, if you don't ta- if you don't fill this out, you could face penalties. And really, what it turned out to be was the only penalty was that bureaucrats kept coming back and hassling him. So as long as you're prepared to deal with bureaucrats continually coming back to your house for a little while until they finally get the message that, yeah, this guy's not going to do this. 
uh, until uh, you know, I'm not sure how many visits it's going to take to uh, to scare them off. But I imagine if you have a video camera ready to go, like me, I've got a video camera right next to my front door. Basically, only thing is I need to make sure it's charged up. So if you've got a video camera charged up and ready to go, the uh, census bureaucrat comes along, pop outside with that thing uh, rolling, and then uh, start asking them a bunch of questions and see how that goes. What kind well, of questions sir, would you uh, ask them? Uh, well, yeah, like uh, what's my obligation? That's what I want to know. Sir, I'm going to have to ask you to turn off the camera. <laughs> right. On my own property, they ask me to turn the camera <laughs> off. Then I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Yep. Simple well, I'm here that. by law. My, uh, it's the law that allows me to be here. I'm just uh, I'm just following orders. Yeah, it's my property. Yeah, I, I don't know where you... you I don't either. I, mean, it. I think it makes some fun... I think it makes for some really fun YouTube videos if a bunch <laughs> of people just videoed the uh, the census worker and just tried to think up in advance some of the questions they might want to ask them. So what... How do you feel about being associated with an agency that kills people around the world? Maybe start asking them some personal questions. You could. You could do a trade. You could do a little trade deal where so you, you get to ask one question and they get to ask a question. I love that. I always, I always love that. <laughs> that that exchange, the tit for tat, because it, it really strips off whatever um, you know authority the the bureaucrat has. You just go get yourself a little pad of paper and say, sure. How many people are in your household? How many kids do you have? Show up to the door naked. <laughs> That's one. Yeah. You the Mormons love you, that. You, you can come in, but you have to take your clothes off. <laughs> So we'll let you know uh, when the census stuff starts going down, or maybe you'll find out first. Uh, let, let us know what your interactions are here as uh, 2010, or 2010 rather, uh, begins and the census people start coming around. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We have a full hour to go and plenty of time to take your phone calls. Maybe we'll uh, jump back into the soapbox here in a little bit as well. But your phone calls take priority if you make them at 800-259-9231. This is the New Year's Day edition of Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, the very first one for 2010. We're here taking your calls, actually here live on New Year's Day tonight. It's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll launch by going into the calls right into Ryan in Washington. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how are you guys doing? Super. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, um, you guys were talking about uh, coffee and decaf a little bit earlier. Oh, uh, yeah. Those, and, the, the, uh, we, go ahead and explain what those are for our listeners that are just tuning in. Uh, well, in brief, coffee is a program that, or a collection of tools that Microsoft released to help forensics, forensics investigators 
uh, collect information from a computer in the field, like during a raid, <clears throat> for example. And uh, DCAF is a counter tool that was recently produced that, you know, essentially wipes some of that information off if it detects that coffee is being run. Mm -hmm. um, you had mentioned that, you know, they will just start taking hard drives, uh, but there's already been a defense against that for a long time, and it's called whole disk encryption. And there's a great free package called TrueCrypt that's available that, that does it that's really easy to use. Anybody can just grab it and within a few hours have their whole disk protected. So it uh, it basically locks down your disk with heavy levels of encryption that would take a long time to crack, <laughs> essentially? Right. Um, it's able to use the, uh, the same encryption that the U.S. government uses for top-secret documents called AES, Advanced Encryption Standard. Wow. Uh, and it's... It's also able to use some of the – the AES was uh, produced through a, uh, a government-sponsored competition. Not only is it able to use AES, but it's able to use several of the competing algorithms, and it's even able to use them <clears throat> in parallel. Like, you can encrypt it with two or three different – So you can really go crazy with encryption is what you're saying. I mean, most people don't really have sensitive stuff that they need to encrypt. You, would you really recommend encrypting an entire hard drive? Isn't that going to slow down your computer? Uh, you know, I have all of mine encrypted, actually, and I've noticed no slowdown at all. Um, wow. Yeah, most of the, uh, you, you know, it, it makes disk access a little bit more CPU intensive, but most what they would call IO-bound tasks are not the same kind of tasks as what they would call CPU-bound tasks. In other words, like, if you're doing something that's CPU intensive, like encoding an MP3 file, it doesn't need to do much disk access. If you're using something that's disk intensive, like copying large files, it doesn't use the CPU very much. So <clears throat> adding a little bit of CPU overhead to disk access doesn't, you know, it, 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 with the rare exceptions like video editing or, or heavy database work, it really isn't noticeable at all. That's an interesting point. Uh, and it's making sense what you're saying. Mark, have you followed that? I'm understanding it, but I, I have do. to ask Mark. I, I actually, I, <laughs> I do understand what he's saying because I know that there's RAM and then there's hard drives. And he's talking about the the hard drive to be encrypted really doesn't affect the RAM usage much. Um, it, and, uh, RAM is different from the CPU. Okay. Well, I thought I understood. <laughs> Luther, and you get, you're getting as, this, right? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Okay. As far as, you know, not having any anything sensitive, I ask you how you could know. With all the different laws out there, how could you possibly know whether something you have, you know, might be illegal or not? Yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. You, uh, you really can't. So what I wanted to, to mention was that, you know, decaf used in, in conjunction with, with whole disk encryption is really a very strong defense because really if you're – if your hard disk is encrypted, the only way that they can access the, the data on it is if they get the computer while it's still on. Mm -hmm. And if they get it while it's still on, then the decaf will defend you, is what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Pretty so, smart. Now, you say TrueCrypt is uh, is a free option for people. Is that right? Yeah, TrueCrypt is, is free and open source. It's the one I use. It's the most mature open source product there is, and it's actually as good as or better than many of the commercial products. There's also competing open source products. So there's lots of different options. PGP, uh, when it was actually, well, I guess there is still a PGP company. So the, the PGP company that was started by Philip Zimmerman actually probably offered the first whole disk encryption option, but it didn't work very well. So basically when you turn this thing on, on your entire hard drive, it, uh, it essentially everything you're writing to and taking off of your hard drive, everything you're, that uh, that it, you're copying from or to your hard drive is being encrypted or decrypted 
uh, at, you know, so basically on the fly. So it adds some extra work for your computer to go through. But as far as your hard drives are concerned, they're just going to you're, you're just pulling data from them. It's not like you're increasing the amount of data on the hard drive. You're just you're just encrypting it. Right. The hard drives, you know, they have, they have no idea. It's all just data to them. So. Right. So it's not like you're compressing or decompressing yeah. things. It's just encryption. And so that's so it's not as uh, as big of a load on your hard drives. It's just a regular uh, whatever your regular load would be. It's just writing it and, and reading it slightly differently. Is that right? Right. And in fact, with TrueCrypt specifically, I don't know about other other encryption options, but true, TrueCrypt specifically, you can still use the standard disk utilities like Defragment or ScanDisk. Hmm. They still work because... You know, again, at the physical layer, it's just data. The hard drive has no idea that it's scrambled data. <laughs> and with with computers these days, you might some people might be concerned about using extra CPU time. But now you've got dual core, quad core, you know, six core, twenty core. <laughs> they got all these multi core processors coming out. So basically. You know, even if it was a significant increase to your CPU time, which you're saying it's not, if you've got four cores or even two cores, uh, it's not really going to be noticeable, like you're saying. So that makes total yeah, sense. Yeah, and TrueCrypt is even able to use those cores in parallel, so it can even, you know, I my CPU is able to encrypt and decrypt data like 150 times faster than my hard drive is physically capable of reading it and writing it. So it's it's you know it's totally negligible. Pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that. Anything uh, else you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, I just wanted to mention that the census questions are all on census.gov, or at least the uh, proposed questions. And, oh. uh, and are there a bunch of them? Um, yeah, well, like, like was mentioned earlier, there's a long form and a short form. Which one do, the, would, do uh, most Americans receive in the mail? Most get the short form. Um, the long form uh, is supposedly used in areas where they, like poor areas, areas where, you know, there, there's economic problems or crime problems where they're trying to get a supposedly trying to get a handle on what's you know going on in those areas that are hmm. not doing as well as others whatever the definition that they use is so most will get the short form the long form is is just reserved for you know areas that meet whatever their criteria are for meeting so, additional investigations so what are you planning on doing uh, when they send one to you <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not going to answer it <clears throat> If are you going to ignore it, or are you going to send something back and basically say, uh, no thanks? No, I'm just going to ignore it. Okay, so when they send the worker are... to your house, what are they going to, uh, what are you going to do then? I'm going to avoid answering the door. <laughs> so you're just not even going to talk to them? Yeah, I'm just not even going to talk to them. If okay. they happen to catch me, I'll just... Uh, I've, you know, I've toyed with some different ideas, like uh, you're, not, uh, you're not legally allowed to answer the census if you're under 15, so I'm going to just say, I'm 14, my parents aren't home. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> Uh, 24. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Very good. You hey, know. Thanks for sharing that with us tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, and I'm sure no uh, many of our... Oh, say again? I oh, I just said no problem. Happy New Year. Oh, same to you. Thank you. 800-259-9231. So I'm on the census website here at census.gov. What if I don't fill out the form? And yes, they are mailing uh, forms out to people, and they're asking you to mail, fill it out and mail it back to them. Their answer to that question is many residents who do not complete and return a 2010 census form or 2010 census form will receive a replacement form. 
If no form is mailed back, residents can expect a personal visit from a census taker sometime after March of 2010. Okay, this gives us a timeline so we uh, we can expect the uh, census to arrive here within the next couple months. The census taker will ask you the questions on the form, record your answers, and then submit the form for your household. Oh, that's all, apparently. They're, they're not even giving you the threat on the website here about what they will say to you or what they will claim if you decide to not answer the censors, uh, census takers' questions. So things mm-hmm. should get interesting. Yep. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Uh, coming up here, we'll certainly take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Also, other stories. Mark, you're going to do a comparison with us about the murder rate in America. Apparently... It's changed, and for the better. And you're going to speculate as to why that might be. We'll get to that and maybe uh, jump into a soapbox call as well. Also, of course, take your phone calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. It has been redesigned. We just launched the brand new Free Talk Live 2.0 yesterday, and so we're still ironing out some bugs. If you catch some, please report them over at bugs.freetalklive.com. You can uh, learn about the public policy internships with uh, the Institute for Humane Studies internship program it's the uh, this is the charles g coke summer fellowship program it includes a opening week-long policy seminar an eight-week paid summer internship and a closing seminar and weekly policy lectures you can choose from 70 different organizations in uh, washington dc state policy networks all across the country think tanks be part of a, uh, a fellowship of motivated talented individuals seeking to advance liberty program includes a stipend and a housing allowance Hey, job, college kids, jobs aren't going to be so easy to find this summer. Um, apply by January the 31st. You have to go over there to libertarianseminars.com and re- get an account. Libertarian seminars? What I say? You said seminars. Libertarian seminars? Isn't that what it's... Um, I thought it was libertarian internships. Liber- libertarian internships? I'm sorry. We have the... They, they do libertarianseminars.com, too. Oh, they do? Okay, I didn't know that. Libertarianinternships.com. It's not the, they're not the same? Libertarian seminars versus libertarian internships? Does it say libertarian seminars it, there? Did you just, no, like, I think I've up? been saying it all along, dude. I mean, haven't I been saying libertarianseminars.com for, for months? I, no, I don't think so. I think it's been libertarian internships. <sighs> Let me go check, man. All right. Well, we'll get this straight here. And uh, 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. By the way, we've been talking about the census here. And according to – I did I did. It's manage- my mistake. It's libertarianinternships.com. But okay. you're still a jerk. Well, what does it say on your copy? It, the copy doesn't have it because we have libertarianseminars.com and libertarianinternships.com. And I don't want to confuse you. I'm confused right now. I can tell you I, that. It's libertarianinternships.com if you want the interns. If you want the seminars, you go to libertarianseminars.com. Ah, so they aren't the same thing then. 
Got it. It's the same organization. You know, they you register for different stuff in different places. Okay, that makes sense. Thanks for clearing that up. All right, toll-free number 800-259-9231. So I did find out the, what the, the threat is about the census here. They say that if you do not answer the questions, this from the census's website, uh, they claim that if you don't answer any of their questions, or if you don't answer yeah, any of the questions on any schedule submitted to you in connection with any census or survey, so not even uh, just the every 10-year census, but any survey that they send you in the middle of the 10 years with the American, I think it's the American Community Survey, the threat is that they will find you not more than $100. So this is pretty low stakes. I mean, as far as civil disobedience is concerned, they're not even threatening jail time over this one. Presumably, I guess if you don't pay the fine, they might put you in jail. But then again, I, we know Russell Canning, one of the activists here, got a like a 20 $2,500 fine or something like that from the TSA because he did a protest in one of their airports and he's never paid it and they've never done anything about that. So I think what, what happens like with the TSA is they'll send out a bunch of fines to people and just hope that they pay. You know, They'll just send you an invoice saying, oh, yep, we find you for this because you had a lighter in your pocket when you walked through the, the security checkpoint or whatever. When they take things from people, in many cases, they'll end up getting a fine later on. So, so if it weren't uh, insulting enough that they actually had whatever it was that they were trying to get on the plane taken from them, the TSA then sends out fines. And if you don't pay, it's what are they going to do? I guess the next time you fly, they might stop you or try to stop you. They could. And I wonder what kind of connection the census has to the IRS. Would they be able to somehow yank that $100 from a tax return? Is that possible? I, I suppose it is. So who knows? I know that Bile over at blogabile.com refused to participate in the American Community Survey. And I've never heard of anybody having any issue um, as far as you know, any consequence, really. Yeah, they never this, did but, anything to Bile, so we'll but find I mean, out this year. You know, what kind of sense would it make to be prepared to not, um, you know, p- participate, but then be, um, you know, then pay their then fine? Pay the fine, right? You know, that doesn't yeah. make much sense. Right. So, what, whatever happened with that situation with the uh, the the census worker that was murdered and hung and all he that wasn't stuff? murdered, from what I heard. I didn't hear anything about this. Yeah, they, they they there was a story about a census worker who had had something carved into him, fed, I think it was, was carved into him, and he was hung from a tree. I think they they somehow determined that he actually had killed himself, and that nothing was ever carved into him. Oh. I was going to say he killed himself and carved something. No, in. there was like okay. some big time misinformation being reported on that story. And it was reported nationwide that the census worker has been murdered and uh, fed carved into him. And turns out none of that was true. At least that's what I heard. That's the last I heard about the story. Maybe you know more. 800-259-9231. We go to California. Alfonso is on the line. Alfonso, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Uh, hello. Can you hear me here. fine? Yes, sir. Go ahead. I was wondering about how you guys go about selling peace, because I've been trying to do it, and it seems that fear kind of trumps me out. Well, Basically, like they get these doomsday scenarios in their head that uh, if we pull our troops and only protect ourselves, that somehow somebody's going to build a nuke and come kill us all. You know, you've you got to wonder how the other countries do it. I mean, most <laughs> – every other country in the world doesn't have the troops everywhere like we do. I mean, how, how does it work for them? Yeah, why aren't they being blown up? Right. I, I don't know, because when I ask them, they say somebody's got to do it, and I guess they think it has to be us. Well, and I, I don't under how do you go about selling peace in this way? Well, I you know I I guess I would ask um you know is is what's stopping somebody from building a nuke and coming to get us now? 
Well, I guess the idea that uh, the U.S. will detect the launch of the nuke and oh, launch so it's one, got a, we're launch talking about an back. ICBM here. Is that what, what you're referring to? Uh, well, I think what they're talking about is like that somebody's building a nuke and that we have to be spying and over like controlling other countries so that they can't get them at all. Well, th- th- I mean, that's what the UN's for, right? They have this atomic energy, what are their, their atomic, you know, weapons group that goes and, and checks on uh, organization, you know, countries that have. Uh, you know, nuclear capabilities and, and they check on these things. And I mean, that's what their job is. The United States isn't going in to different places and, and checking on these things. And the military guys in different countries aren't part of the CIA. I mean, one could make the, the argument that you bring the troops back, but keep the, the spies out there. I mean, what, what, what do these spies have to do with uh, what, what do the troops on the ground have to do with detecting whether or not nuclear weapons are found in different countries? Well, I can't really tell you. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's that's the difficult. The difficulty is you're is just when, asking questions that should be asked, right, Mark? Right, Not when, necessarily when, Alfonso. Right, when when a person comes up with these doomsday scenarios, usually they're 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 fantastic, and they're um they, they empower the government to an a, an incredible level that it has never been able to operate at. And what you have to show them is that a your whatever it is that you're imagining could happen now today the government it does a very poor job of securing us and really all it's doing is just spending a whole bunch of money keeping troops all over the world and and making us a bigger target not a smaller one and um you know sort of you have to sort of unravel and peel the 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 onion on this i definitely agree with you there i i think we shouldn't have all these troops abroad and when people say you know our armies are supposed to protect us and our troops and whatever and but why does that apply to other countries? When you go over there, you should know the risk, right? I mean, yeah. why, it's, why in it's, the world? Not that, it's not our Army's business to protect you. It's whoever state you're in. Yeah, it's it's the individual's problem. As far as I'm concerned, if if even if you're just talking about it from a nationalistic standpoint, I should be only responsible for protecting the people inside this border, not outside of it. Alfonso, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the discussion here at 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features do include our Facebook profile. You can go and become a fan for free, of course, over at facebook.freetalklive.com. That's Facebook. .freetalklive.com. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into another one of our soapbox calls, and then, Mark, you'll tell us uh, hopefully about, I guess, murder rates in the United States and a little bit of good news. And we'll start out by going to Crazy Cop Call, whatever this is. Here we go. Hey, guys. This is Josh from Pennsylvania. I was just listening to your program about uh, some of the crazy legal crap that some cops do. Um, I work on a road crew as a flagger. Yeah, it's not the greatest job in the world, but it pays the bills. I work with uh, local uh, utility companies, cable companies, stuff like that. Anyway, we were set up on a road, pretty high traffic area. We had a big lane shift set up where you shift cars over into the middle lane to uh, keep them away from people working. Well, people, you know, tend to go 45 and a 35. I usually don't have a problem with that. I just try to slow them down and all that good stuff so they keep all of our workers safe. That's my job. Well, a guy comes through about 50 miles per hour, 
about 30 seconds later, a cop car comes flying around the corner doing at least, at the very least, 70. Flies through the work zone doing 70 miles per hour. Now, I see enforcing uh, traffic regulation through a work zone like that, maybe not by the cops. I don't know how the free market would take care of that. But uh, definitely not a cop flying through the work zone at 70 miles per hour. That's just putting more lives in danger. These people need to use, need to use some common sense. So uh, so I contribute my two bits about stupid stuff cops do. I will talk to you guys later. Keep up the good work. You know, this reminds me of the story down in Texas. There was a, uh, a kid, and I don't know. I don't think we actually got to read this one on the air. The, it, these kind of things happen a little too often for us to be able to cover them on Free Talk Live the way we uh, generally really hash out a story. It, it takes a while, so you can only get through a few. But there was an incident where a police officer didn't have his lights on and was going from one call to another. Of course he was. And uh, was exceeding the speed limit and by a good bit in a residential area and killed a 10-year-old boy. Just oh, jeez. Hmm. And uh, actually, my understanding, um, he hit him so hard he separated his head from his shoulders. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this is, you know, sure it is. And and this guy's <laughs> flying through, he's oh. going like 70 miles an hour through a residential area, 30 mile an hour zone, because he's got to get to the next stop. He's got he's got a job to do. It's important. And he got <laughs> he got some kind of reprimand or, and put behind a desk for a year or something like that. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, I mean, if you would have done this. 70, if you would have been going 70 miles an hour in a residential, you'd have gone to prison. And killed a little boy? Yep. I mean, it'd be enough to go and do 70 well, miles an hour, right, but, but kill a little boy right, on you, top of that. If you would that. have gone 70 miles an hour, you get a terrible ticket. Yeah. But if you would have killed a, a, a young child like this, you would have gone to prison. That would be and, negligent homicide, right? Or vehicular you know, homicide. And and the reason that the cop goes 70 miles an hour through the construction zone where the, the guys are working that the, and they're supposed people are supposed to be going slower in order to catch the person who sped through at like 30 miles an hour or whatever is because he doesn't have any consequences to his actions. Yeah, that's true. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah. He can go 70 miles an hour in a residential area and behead a little boy, and the worst thing that's going to happen to him is that he ends up riding a desk for a year. Yeah, well, he's just trying to do his job, and that's the argument they have. Uh, it's disgusting. I got a speeding ticket a couple, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago now. I it was uh, I was doing 53 in what the cop claimed was at 30, though right in front of me where he pulled me over, there was a sign that said 55, so I sat there and oh, argued geez. with him for a bit. But anyway, like, well, he was so far back uh, from where he said, he's like, oh, I, I passed you, I was parked in this parking lot here, and, like, the distance from where that was to where I finally was pulled over was so great that he must have, if I was going that fast, he had to have been going, you know, 70 in this in this zone. So it right. obviously, it just proves that uh, it's driving is dangerous anyway. Driving fast, there's... You can drive fast and drive safe. Um, you can. Yeah. And uh, Well, that's what he's going to say. Well, I'm a professional. Oh, I yeah, can yeah. do this. If they really cared about speed limits, if they really, really cared, they'd put up speed limit cameras and uh, they'd catch everybody who was going over whatever the limit was and they'd get them with their little license plate. I mean, they've got these things. Yeah, they do not need to employ $150,000 a year bureaucrats when you start considering their, their benefits and all that other stuff in order to chase people down and endanger lives. They don't need to do it. Oh, well, it's how they pay for them. 
You know, it's a big, big industry sure generating revenue from these. Absolutely, these that's what they're that's what they're for. Um, well, they can't just do that, Mark, because then the then they won't be able to sniff out people's cars for pot, and you know they won't be able to do other things like search uh, and harass you sure, and ask additional you questions. Be- right, right, right. The, the speeding ticket is just the camel's nose under the tent. Uh, when they when they stop you for the excuse that you are speeding or you've got some other malfunction with your car, your headlights out. That kind of thing. That's their opportunity to be then, then begin questioning you. Well, where are you coming from? Where are you going? Oh, yeah. How long fishing, have you been living here? Fishing for uh, other stuff they can uh, nab you for. Do you still live at this uh, address on your license? Right. So they ask you yeah, all these catch, questions. Catch you in inconsistencies, uh, you know, probe more, try to get in your car to look around. Most cops don't want to look in my car because it's full of copier parts, and they'd have to go through every single box, and I carry hundreds of parts. So Right. Well, then you'd have to put it all back together, of course, oh, of if they course. did finally decide to yeah, do that. Yeah, and a lot too. of that's really sensitive stuff, like the drums. They're photosensitive. The, the slightest little ding on them, and they're useless. And mm. that's a $300, $400 part right there. They're not going to pay for that. Nope. Nope. I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, you're responsible as the tech, right? Yeah. For the yeah. Parts those, are, those are my parts. They're leased out to me. Uh, I have to make sure that I, I every couple months we have inventory, and I have to check in all my parts, you know, and I have to. they all have to be accounted for. Right in, in this in this day and age, you would even you would even have to set up some kind of speed camera box thing. You could have it on each one of these um, the cop cars. I mean, if the cop can see you, then you can set up something so that they can identify. You know, the, surely they've got a night vision camera that can identify who's in the who's driving the car and get a picture of the license plate. I mean, this this yeah. is not this is not difficult. But that's but not instead, what it's about. They have to to send a, a three ton screaming death machine after you with a guy with a gun and, and an itchy trigger finger. I mean, that's yeah. what they and need an to, attitude. Right? That's what they need to do. Come on. I mean, really, this is the best way that society is served. This is how we're served and protected. No, yeah. this is stupid. Who and feels the only protected reason when they get this, pulled over? This is the only the only reason this level of technology is still in use because I understand that's how they had to do it at yeah, one point. I, I doubt anybody says, "Oh, thanks, officer. You know, I could have really hurt somebody. Yeah. You're, you're really doing something good for me." The, who, but, who the butt kissers that? say that. You want some cookies? The reason the reason that they're stupid Still using this is because the government doesn't need to respond to the marketplace. They don't need to change the way they're doing because you have to pay. No, you no. can't choose someone else who provides a better service. This is dumb. It needs to change, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. Well, there is. There is something that we can do about it. We can refuse to go along with it, and and we're starting to see that happen here in New Hampshire, specifically in the the Keene region. Though it's there's been a spattering of non-cooperation on traffic things elsewhere across the state, and I think it's I think it's a good trend. I think it's one that that uh, that should continue. And I'll be putting uh, my freedom where my mouth is coming up here. Is I'll be going uh, to court. Because well, presumably uh, they've served me with papers now because of a parking ticket uh, that was placed on my car. It, now, as an aside, it wasn't even me that parked the car, but don- nonetheless, I said I would take care of it because it's my car and I'd take responsibility for it. So uh, they put that parking ticket there. I didn't pay it. Instead, I sent them uh, a, a nice little letter asking them, as I have in the past, for them to prove to me my obligation. I say uh, l- my approach is that. I'm happy to pay an invoice that I that is due. Like if I got into an agreement with you and I owe you money, then I'll pay you the money. But I need to see the agreement. I need to, to see some evidence that we actually have an agreement here because, well, it wouldn't make sense for me to just pay whatever invoices people sent to me without, you know, if I ask for proof, 
invoices require you know, the claims require proof you claim i owe you money prove it yeah they'll, they'll just pull up uh, the social contract as it's called and just yeah. say that oh since you, since you moved here you tacitly agreed to our terms and conditions or laws as they they call them that is that, that is t- tends to be what some of them will say so far their response has been well, you're uh, you're obligated to obey these ordinances, and then they just cite their rules. And I've, I've written them back and said, well, that's not really responsive. I asked you for proof of my obligation to your ordinances, not for you to send me your ordinances. I don't care what your rules say. Show me where I agreed to, uh, to obey them. And, of course, they can't do that, so they're going to show me the inside of a cage. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Luther. And Mark. Even in these remaining moments, enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can support the show by going and shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com enter amazon through that link and free talk live will get a percentage of your purchase the amazon link is working now last night we had uh, some trouble one of the bugs that po- had popped up with our brand new free talk live uh, relaunch or the the redesigned version of the site ftl 2.0 amazon.freetalklive.com is now working also we had a bug with the new egg link you can go and order computer parts and free talk live actually doesn't get a percentage of that that money goes straight to the cd evolution fund the civil disobedience evolution fund at cdevolution.org you can enter newegg.freetalklive.com and the amp program page i'm not sure what the status on that is we better get it fixed soon, though, if it's uh, if it's not completely working, because that's very important to the show as well. It is one of the ways you can support us. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about that. So multiple ways to get behind this program. Oh, oh, and it's the first of the month, so we have to talk about voting. Uh, we're still doing the Podcast Alley Top 10 Voting Contest, and last month we didn't make it. No. We finished at second place. Uh, the first place show overtook us at some point during the day. We didn't. We were at number one at some point yesterday. Yeah, the lead was so substantial there earlier. But it's the it's the same podcast that I believe uh, one of our listeners is cheating um, to uh, to push up. You know, and you know for whatever reason they they've got a vendetta. And, I'm sure okay. it's a fine fine show, uh, but. You know, but whatever <laughs> they, they were, they were small potatoes before before this listener decided to uh, you know use some kind of computer program so they could cheat. And that's all right. We'll we'll continue uh, competing, and uh, we yeah. still need you to. What go are you going to do? Yeah, what am what I going to do? do? Go to the guy's house and shoot him? No, I, mean, I can't we, do anything. We wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, we'll just keep asking you to vote at vote.freetalklive.com, and we're not going to ask you that many times uh, because you know if somebody's going to cheat to win, it takes kind of all the uh, the fun out of it. But anyway, vote.freetalklive.com is where you can go to cast your vote for Free Talk Live and help us out. I mean, even if we're at number two on the charts, that still is going to get us some new listeners. So appreciate everybody that takes the time to go and vote for us. Please do it at vote.freetalklive.com. Only once per month. That's all we ask. We go to your phone calls, Ampline, who is on the line. Hello there. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. How's it what, going, Mr. What's President? on your mind tonight? Yes, who's this? Uh, this is Free Talk Live. Is that right? Wow, how about that? I mean, we've actually had, we had George Bush call the show a while back, and now we've got uh, Barack Obama on the air with us. It's, I guess I guess I should be impressed, but then again, I don't really, you know, there's not really too much that's impressive about the head gangster. Who told you that being honest was a white thing? 
Yeah, you're just, I mean, you must not have very many choices, but soundboards are really hard to do when you call uh, talk shows because it's hard to think on your feet. It's hard to get the right, uh, the right clips out. I'll give you one more chance. I spent the last two years of high school in the days. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. All right. So let's see. Oh, yeah. I was talking briefly about the idea of refusing because you had said, Mark, well, you can't do anything about these speeding tickets and all these you know, government uh, people just coming up with all kinds of reasons to extract extract money from you. And yes, something can be done. But what needs to be done is the people that are willing to do something about it need to get together in the same place. Because if you refuse to pay a traffic fine where you are and there's nobody to back you up, then yeah, that's a drop in the bucket. It's not going to make a difference. But if you are in the same general area with other people who are also willing to refuse to pay a traffic fine, refuse uh, to continue non-cooperating with the state in these areas, then that can make a difference because if everybody who got a parking ticket in Keene, New Hampshire today were to, were to do what you did, Mark, or uh, do what I am doing here and, and end up going to trial, and I know that, uh, Luther, you're going to go to trial on that speeding ticket that they gave you a few months ago. Uh, I wasn't a, no, it's, uh, I was driving on a suspended. I was oh, okay. suspended the day before. I had no idea about it. I ran out of gas, and I just decided to pull off onto the side of the road first place I could, and it was the Chesterfield Police uh, right. <laughs> so. so you're going to be going to court on that. Yeah. And there are a handful of other folks that are doing more court things here in Keene. And, and it makes a difference. So you've got people that will back you up and that will come to your trial when you're going to court. And uh, you will. I don't think you even need to do civil disobedience. You can. You can say, look, I'm going I'm to just go ahead and do some jail time. Can I, have, uh, can I do the weekend in, in jail rather than pay this? And I think that that has value because you don't add money to their machine or anything like that. But it I think them. the first thing that you should do is take it to trial if you can. Um, and I don't know what it's like in other states, but. You know, you get a five dollar you get a five dollar uh, traffic ticket here in um, New Hampshire, in, in Keene, New Hampshire. It never goes. It doesn't go up if you take it to trial. So you mean immediately? Immediately. Yeah. So if, if you choose, right? In your case, you you want to play you know letter games with the bureaucrats or whatever yeah. it is that you want to do. Mine went to the maximum. Right. Um. And so you've got the you've got the the the, the big number or whatever. But I've got a five dollar ticket and I'm taking it in and it's take it's going to take them eight months to get me to trial on it. <laughs> Imagine what would happen if uh if one person a day did this. Yeah. It, it would, would load gum, the system. It would it would gum up their system terribly. So um you know. There's, there's value to that. It, it's hard to convince regular people to do this, though, because, well, they don't want to inconvenience themselves. For them, paying the $5 fine is more worth having to show up for a court trial and to go through sure, that hassle. Sure, it's inconvenient, yeah. I admit. I mean, I could be at home, but, uh, you know, for but another thing... But it's an thing- investment in uh, f- the future of freedom. I was listening to Stefan Molyneux. Uh, he had our friend Lauren Canario on his show with him recently, one of the, uh, the civil disobedience activists here in New Hampshire. He also had Brett from the School Sucks podcast on and Wes from the Complete liberty podcast and they did uh what they call a civil disobedience roundtable where they were talking about for an hour just the issue of civil disobedience and whether or not it's effective and etc and stefan basically he didn't really believe that it was very effective and that uh, he wasn't sure about if it was uh, worthwhile i don't think it is effective if you're in a a geographic location without other people that are doing it absolutely and that's that's what i wrote him and said that's the kicker to it um is you know it 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 is difficult if you're going to be the lone person out there doing civil disobedience but if you you know that's the idea of the free state project and a lot of people just they they just won't 
in their mind allow the Free State Project to be an answer for them because it's too difficult. They don't want to leave family. They don't want to leave a job. They don't want to. Uh, so so, so I keep paying the tickets. Then. Right. So what yeah. are you going to do? What can you do? Yeah. I don't know what what people. I'd love to find out what people are doing, but I just I'm of the opinion that there really isn't much that you can do if you don't move for the Free State Project because um, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things here, and I believe liberty is being forwarded as a result. At least there's a conversation for it. Here, wherever you are, there isn't. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's why I, and that's why it seems futile to people. Well, right. He had used the word uh, sacrifice. And yeah, it's a sacrifice. If you're all alone, wherever you are, and you go and <laughs> refuse to pay a ticket and end up going to jail for it, there's no way liberty's going to move forward because of that. But if you're here in New Hampshire, surrounded by other like-minded liberty-oriented people, and there's the, there's a movement of people that are refusing to cooperate and that are refusing to pay these fines, or at the very least, as you're saying, Mark, taking things to trial, gumming up the court system, clogging it up, that is not a sacrifice. That, in my opinion, is an investment. I think there's a significant difference between those situations. Yeah. It's a lot easier here, having that support behind you. I mean... Uh, like when I got arrested and people showed up, Ian, you showed up and thanks for that. Uh, but it, it, it felt so good knowing that, you know, my friends were just right outside, um, you know, for me, you know, I, there to help you out in whatever way they can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for folks that end up going to jail, they also have people on the outside who are sending them letters and things like that and, and keeping their, helping keep their spirits up. And it's just a, it's just a wonderful movement full of people that actually give a damn and are willing to put, many of them are willing to put something on the line, some amount of their freedom on the line, as I say, as an investment for freedom, not as a, not as a sacrifice. I'm not interested in sacrificing anything. I'm doing th- the things that I'm doing because I believe that we'll have more freedom afterwards as a result of it. Maybe not immediately, but when Sam Dodson, our friend from the Obscure Truth Network, went to jail last year for 58 days, that made a splash as far as it got some media coverage. People saw the videos about that. They, uh, We interviewed him on the show many times from jail. It got people excited about coming here sooner rather than later. Yeah. And there have been stories like that all year long where people have been, you know, the, the cannabis smokeouts that have been going on here, yeah. and people have been inspired by yeah, Sam's arrest uh, helped motivate me uh, to get here, and fortunately, like shortly after that went down, my uh, boss came to me and asked me if I wanted to be transferred. He knew I had been wanting to come to New Hampshire. I was just over in Portland, and I was able to uh, just transfer over for uh, the same company uh, and, you know, pick up life, you know, like nothing Right, you've you've got to create an opening. You have yeah. to, uh, you know, state that your intent to 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 move, and that's what the statement of intent is about. You know, and a lot of people don't want to sign um, until they know when and how and where and what they're going to do when they move and all that stuff. And and I think that I think that that uh, to me that seems like you're planning a little too much. You state that you intend to move, and then you know your life grows into that. We're out of time. It's been in here with you. And Luther. And Mark. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. It's Friday already, so that means tomorrow will be our live Saturday edition. We'll be here. Take your calls about whatever you want, as we always do. And see you then online in the meantime. Check out our brand new website, freetalklive2.0 at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 